Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1 833 eBay 723. That's 1 833 322 9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying, Here's Philip and Sherry. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for another edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson with you, your hosts uh, for the program. Sherry's fellow full-time seller. She's based out in Colorado. And if you're missing her, uh, you'll have a chance to see her on a small screen near you, courtesy of the eBay Open event. She's doing a presentation for us there. Um, I don't know, Sherry, we have any canine interventions or is it going to be canine free, this particular performance? Oh, unfortunately, it might. It's going to be canine free. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Not taking one into the studio when you do your do your bit. No, I mean without her, they just might uh, find me less interesting. Mm-hmm. I think she might be the star. And Philip has been selling professional electronics on eBay to businesses, mostly so he doesn't have to deal with people's personal chatter and I'm this week feeling pretty envious of him he sells full-time on eBay and through a web store and lives as a recluse surrounded by a herd of peacocks who ward off strangers and porch pirates my uh, visitors and guests like the peacocks although some find the taste a bit on the gamey side And that's the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to uh, make your eBay businesses hopefully uh, a little bit more successful and certainly uh, more fun. And coming up in today's show, Sherry, we have... If you missed the seller check-in call on the 4th, we'll cover the main points. Also, we'll do a very quick recap of the latest financial situation courtesy of uh, of eBay. And uh, we'll be asking, are the haters correct? I signed up as a pirate. Arg! I can't even say that. <laughs> I give you, the, I give you the best lines and watch them get mangled. There we go. And uh, oh yes, uh, we found a new seller podcast that you might like. eBay Open latest info. We'll give you that. All right, and that's the idea of the program. You can take part if you like. We'd love to hear from you. Phone number 833-EBAY-723. That's 833-EBAY-723. You can send us a text, leave us a voicemail. Uh, And if you want to send us an email, you can do that too. So uh, off we go with the uh, eBay news this week, Sherry. I noticed something that I think is a test, a change or a test. And this is to do with uh, buying things internationally on eBay, which I do quite a bit from time to time. And normally, uh, let's say I was buying from Australia in this case, they just figure out whatever the price in their price in Australia's dollars is going to cost me in US dollars. And eBay does all that currency stuff behind the curtain. And I just see the, the net price in dollars. Now, for the first time, just the other day, I was offered a choice. I could charge my credit card with US dollars and have eBay do the conversion from Australian dollars to US dollars. Or I could have my credit card billed in Australian dollars and uh, have the credit card people do the conversion. So I did a quick sort of back of the envelope calculation and compared the eBay exchange rate with what I thought the sort of market rate for the day was. And it looked to me like eBay was making a little bit of money on the side. I know you're shocked by that. And it's a surprise, but uh, that's a turn up for you. 
so I thought, well, what could possibly go wrong? I'm going to bill this to my credit card in Australian dollars. And uh, I get the email couple of minutes later that says something's posted to your credit card, did the calculation and found that I'd say over three and a half percent by bypassing eBay's currency conversion fees. So wow. there you go. that's not too bad for clicking on the right right item. I don't know whether this is something they're going to be doing across the board. I don't know if it's a regulatory requirement for marketplaces in Australia where you have to do that. I, I don't know. I've not seen it before. Um, but there you are. So I think the trick, though, if you if you if you're faced with this situation, is to try and use a credit card that's relatively reasonable in its international purchase terms. A lot of credit cards, uh, as soon as they see you making an international purchase, stiff you for an extra fee for doing that or a big markup, ah. uh, and that might well easily eat up the three percent or so that you're going to save. Often, the, the best credit cards, I think, for international work are the ones that are backed or issued by the airlines because they are targeting people that travel a lot and who will be attracted to a card that doesn't have an international surcharge. So um, just be careful which card you use. But I think the general rule of thumb would be if your card's okay, then you do better. And this is general rule when traveling anyway, is to have the, uh, the amount charged in the currency of the far country and have your credit card company do the conversion rather than have some middleman do it and make themselves a little bit of money on the side. Unless you're extremely lazy in that area or if it's all over your head and then you just let eBay handle it. The other thing I would say is you, if, if you're in a sort of bar or restaurant somewhere in the world, you need to just be sufficiently au fait with the local currency. They don't slip an extra zero on the end and you don't notice it. Uh, yeah. In which case, the safer option, if you think you don't really know quite let's say it's Turkish lira, and it could be an extra zero would make little difference to the length of the number. Um, you might just be safe there and go with the dollar figure that's on the terminal rather than the, the local figure, because at least you know what you're going to get billed. So uh, one small uh, caveat on that one. Uh, we also, Sherry, this week got uh, from eBay some more results and uh, some more information about how they think the market's going, right? Yeah, so their Q2 results uh profits were well let's start with sales and revenue was down a bit but profit is up so ebay's optimistic and feeling good about it and they also attribute the revenue being down to trading cards because during the pandemic uh, trading cards were so up and now they're down so that's what they attribute that to um, it just amazes me the size of that category. That's like $2 billion on these little pieces of printed card that people get excited about. That's crazy. So that would have uh, an impact if that yeah. fluctuates. Uh, and <clears throat> also, the outlook, we keep hearing on the news and, you know, everyone's worried about a recession and inflation and how is that going to affect us. But... Um, uh, eBay is still optimistic about that as well because the people who are in the, I don't know, higher income range mm -hmm. haven't been affected as much. Inflation doesn't affect them as much mm -hmm. and um, they're still buying. And that actually is my main um, buying market as well. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, it, it I'm not as nervous about it. 
And I remember in 2008 of being pretty uh, nervous about things, but I found that I might have had to work a little harder and list more, but people still wanted even more so to get a good deal. And mm -hmm. then when, and then the other people who aren't affected are still buying. So I just feel not, I'm not scared and waiting to find out if we're. Do you think your business does better or worse if there's generally an economic downturn? Mine does better when there's not an economic downturn. So you're positively correlated with the economy. The economy goes up, you go a up? A little bit. A, a little bit, yes. I, there's just less um, fluidity. Uh, I hear people saying, my paycheck is coming next week. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or um, I hear that more when things get tighter. Um, but it it doesn't... I, I think the only effect it has on me is I have to list more. It doesn't mm -hmm. have a huge impact. What about you? I think I'm the opposite. I think I correlate negatively with the, the economy. So the economy goes down. I think I do better because I sell big ticket items mostly to corporate customers and their budget gets cut. So they're looking for ways of maybe delivering a project, but they can't go and buy a brand new box from the manufacturer for 10000 The $2,000 box from me will tide them through for a couple of years to hopefully things pick up and they get more money. So I actually think I do better in, uh, in, in times of recession. It's not a massive difference, but I think it does, does work to my advantage. Inflation bothers me, though, because it's difficult, I think, on, as, a, as a small seller on a platform to start putting your prices up because people see the pricing trends and stuff and they get used to kind of pricing. It's sort of less easy to affect a, an increase. And also... You know, I'm trying to run down my inventory and put money into savings. Now, when it goes into savings, if inflation's high, that just loses, you know, depreciates faster. So, um, you know, that's not so good. Yeah, and I'm really feeling inflation on the packing supplies area. So mm -hmm. once you have one of your announcements about Uline and free shipping, I'm going to, going to be on that Okay, end of September. <laughs> oh, okay. I can, I can survive until then. It's usually they're just trying to get ahead of the fourth quarter. We'll we'll cover that and we'll tell you about that when that comes up. I'll get the okay. notice through from them and then we'll uh, we'll tell you that's the time to go order from them. So it's the Selling on eBay radio show. 833-EBAY-723 is the number if you want to take part. Maybe you've got some uh, thoughts on how the economy affects you or, or questions. Uh, we'd love to have those. Uh, text or um, uh, voicemail would work. And also in the news, this week, a little uh, piece of information for you. Um, there's a new selling podcast out, which I sampled. Uh, Jessica Oman, who I kind of feel is a sort of virtual friend on the eBay world because she and I were both involved um, doing uh, presentations at last year's eBay Open. And uh, she's started a little podcast called The Business of Reselling. I listened to two or three of the episodes and I like it. I think she's very fluent. She's very well brief, very well researched. She seems to have no verbal crutches at all like the rest of us, no you knows and likes and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Maybe she's a fantastic audio editor, but uh, it's very it's very listenable. And and her twist is, and I think this is good, it's, a, it's an analytical view of things more than just people preaching. So she takes an issue and tries to provide the listener with a, a way of looking at this and making, making conclusions and decisions. And to me, that's 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 gold. 
I mean, that's what I go to the live eBay open and try and come away with is is some ability to think things through when I get back to my my base because you know yeah I could listen to someone talk about how certain records by the Beatles are more expensive than other records and that's very interesting but I can't use that but if there's an analytical process that says this is how you figure out the value of this versus that or whatever that is useful to me I can I can apply that so it's like you know teaching people to hunt and fish as an alternative to sharing your lunch with them it makes a lot more sense and she's good at that I think she has a background teaching business so it's by Jessica Oman, O-M-A-N, the title of the podcast, and I'm sure it's uh, available in all good podcast providers, The Business of Reselling. I liked it. Uh, I'm going to listen to some more of it. Uh, maybe check that out after you've, of course, finished with us. <laughs> all right. In a moment, we'll talk about the latest um, uh, comings and goings on with the uh, eBay seller check-in that took place on the 4th. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sellsellsell.online That's www.sellsellsell.online Thank you for being part of the show. So on the 4th, uh, eBay had its most recent uh, seller check-in call. Sherry and I were both on the call. Did you have fun on games trying to get it to work at your end? Oh, yeah. And I was hosting a networking room. Ah. So uh, as is my way of doing things, two minutes before I go to log in and it won't pop up with the option to allow audio and video. And... Um, Finally, I thought of something you say, Philip, which is not to have too many windows mm -hmm. open um, for the audio type equipment. So I restarted my computer mm -hmm. and my audio and video worked. By that time, it was the start time of, mm -hmm. um, you know, but uh, that was still planned for the first 15 minutes to be networking. But I've just got to tell you the thing that really threw me off my game. So I got mine working. Mm -hmm. I'm in my breakout room. There's nobody there. And I'm talking to my employees about mm -hmm. various things. And someone types on the chat, I can see and hear you, but you can't see and hear me. <laughs> and I'm like, and it doesn't even show me someone's there. Did that happen to you? No, I didn't get that. That, that would have spooked me. I would have ripped the cable out of the wall instantly at that point. <laughs> I was, I looked at Kennedy sitting across from me and I'm like, did I say anything? She's like, no, not that time. You know, I, cause I was, I had plenty to say when I couldn't mm -hmm. get my audio and video to work. But, um, and then, uh, I of course attended the call, but then when I went back to the networking room, it happened again with somebody else. Now, three other people came on and it showed me who they were in their name, but there was no image. They didn't have any video, but when they wanted to, they could unmute, but there was another person who was there who only communicated through chat and it mm -hmm. didn't tell me she was there. I find hmm. that very disturbing okay. and scary. I, I get the impression they're, <laughs> they're falling out of love with Bevy, which yeah. is the people that run the platform. So maybe we went and spent a lot of time giving advice on how to get Bevy working. There's a few things that I can think of, but, but I think it might be history at this point. Uh, yeah. And to be honest, I, they opened the platform an hour before the officials start. 
and it's up to the networking room leaders if they want to log on an hour early. I usually try and log on and just do my email in the background, just see if anyone comes forward. And there was no one on the platform until right before the the start. So that's kind of a bit frustrating because you kind of feel you ought to be there because it's open, yet there's no one out there. We had a few people yeah. afterwards join in. Um, what so was anyway. your topic? Um, I jumped ship at the last minute and went from what was going to be Central Florida Regional Room, which I don't think is exactly appealing to anybody, not even people around here probably, <laughs> uh, to photography, stroke imaging, stroke lighting, whatever. And that oh, got some good. traction um, uh, at the end. So that was worthwhile. That's good. So anyway, uh, technical difficulties aside, which affected, I think, the folks on the eBay side of things, perhaps even more than us, uh, We I, I wrote down a few things, Sherry. I don't know whether you got anything good out of this thing. There wasn't any sort of mega oh my God, this is totally new kind of thing. There was a few snippets hidden away in, in, in the verbiage, but nothing sort of dramatic. So that's in a way good. Most yeah. of us don't like change. Yeah. Um, they had a chat from the, I think they call him the revenue manager. I guess he's the guy that fires you if you don't make your targets. Uh, he just talked really about eBay's trying to drive velocity and uh, we want you to lend you money so you can drive velocity for yourself and uh, you make, make more money, as you would expect. So no great surprise there. Obviously pushing hard all the different ways you can give them more money for advertising, of course. Uh, they had a fellow from, I guess he was from Trust Department, talking about bad buyers. Yeah, which Bad buyers being defined with. as people that either do false snads to try and get a paid return when they're not entitled to one or send back an item that's not resellable because it's used or damaged or just send a brick in a box or whatever the uh, the particular technique is. Yeah. Um, no great surprise to any of us, I think, with that content. He did kind of allude, or he did talk about the fact that most of us can now issue a 50% refund without having to get into the whole game of doing paid returns. He didn't make a big splash about it, and this is, I think, the second time on this call they've talked about it. They didn't really position it as a launch or a change. It was just in there. I thought he said that the 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 50% the refund had been opened up to top-rated sellers. I think it's all sellers within, within acceptable standards, actually, but I, I could be wrong about that. I could test that out at some point. And the fact that it's a very generous... Six dollars credit for your label, if uh, if you feel that the buyer's abusing you and and trying to get a, a return paid label that they're not entitled to. Yeah. So that was kind of expected. Did you take anything? Get anything else out of this particular shindig? I think the main thing for me. Oh, one little tidbit was just talking about the first five words in your title and the first mm. two words in your title, and tell me if I understood this correctly, but as far as keywords are concerned, the placement isn't important, but tell me if I'm wrong. I think the questioner was kind of going down the road of, is the order of the, the words in the title important? Because I think there's a lot of sort of apocryphal stories about the first five words have higher search significance than the back or whatever else. And I think they said not really in terms of the algorithm, I think her point was, and it, it made sense that people people scan from left to right. I guess if the screen yeah. width is limited, they're going to see a truncated title, and maybe other search parties like Google might think the first few words are more important. 
So generally, I think she said it's not a bad idea. So if you're if you're selling jeans and they're Levi's, we'll put Levi's as the first word rather than the last word. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, so brand up front would be good. Yeah. So that's going to be a change for so me. So I don't to think it was it, the, the the eBay search algorithm has a weighting of the or the, the the position of the words was was the answer I think we got. Okay. Yeah. But it's so it would just be for the buyer or shoppers to see it first, even on their cell phone, mm -hmm. see the important words first. So I, I found that interesting because that is going to be a change for me. I don't usually have my brand first, so I'll do that. Oh, okay. And um, I, I think that was my main thing out of it. I was too busy being happy that other people were having technical issues because it made me feel like it less was, of a loser. They get, they get, they, <laughs> the expressions get a little bit uh, sour if you use the word glitches because I think that's a, that's a word that in eBay land is um, memories of things happened in the past that didn't go down well and people with lots of extra time on their hands looking for alternative employment. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, there were, there were a few glitches. Um, so one of the questions that I noted came up, there was the, the gal from the, the heads the fashion category. Um, people were asking her and, and she made a good point that measurements are key in the, that category. If you don't put measurements in, your returns go sky high. It just isn't worth skipping on the measurement stage. Perfectly sensible yes. advice. Uh, there was a bit of a discussion, and they kind of referred to their stock answer about can you use stock photos? And I think sellers really get confused about this. I, first of all, I don't know if there's such a thing as stock photo, because people, when they say stock photo, they mean free photos that anyone can use. And I don't think there is such a thing. I mean, the f when you take a photograph, you press the shutter release, you have copyright of that image. You don't have to register it anywhere. You don't have to file it anywhere. That is your copyright. And it's in, you're perfectly entitled to go and defend that uh, if someone takes it. I think what people mean by stock photos is someone else's image where the likelihood of them coming after you is relatively low. That That's really what it is. And it's stealing, but it's stealing without a high probability of being caught. And people say, well, can you do this? And the stock answer back from eBay is, oh, yes, but only if you have the approval of the rights owner to use it, which, of course, you're never going to be able to get. You know, you're not going to ring right. up Levi's and say, "Can I take a bunch of photos off your website and use them on eBay?" <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, it's just not going to work. So it's really but whether is, they're is come Levi's after you or does not. Levi's come after you? No, most companies don't. It isn't worth. In theory, those images are reserved for their licensed and appointed distributors and channels. But do they come after you? No, it's not worth the effort. But some do. I think most yeah. sellers have a long list of people they've encountered that do go after things, and I'm, I'm one of them myself, so I will come after you if you steal my images. Yeah, um, and I, I got myself into a pickle in the past. I was selling for a bridal shop their sample dresses mm. uh, because she was closing the shop, so I had over 100 wedding dresses, and I took all my photos on a mannequin, and she said, oh, you know, the photos that I have are, you know, they're on a model and I have permission to use them. Oh, so please yeah. use yeah. them. I used them. And shortly after this would, was, um, I think it's Alfred Angelo. Um, they were removed by eBay. Uh, a certain designer does go after it. And I told her they, you know, they were removed. You told me I, it, you had permission. She said, well, it turns out she had permission, but not to use it on eBay.
Okay. Well, there we are. So, so that was a, a a point that I think was worth them covering because uh, people do get confused about that. I don't really have a... I mean, you shouldn't be using stock photos for used items anyway, and that's what most of us are probably dealing with because it, it over-describes the item. It's not fair on the buyer apart from anything else. Absolutely, I think the best thing to do is take your own photographs, even if they're not perfect. That's right. I, I think they are much more credible and far less likely to have a dispute filed against you. Um, and yeah. I think with the way phones work these days, I mean, even if you're not into photography, it's not difficult to get a decent photo out. Oh, no. The phones are amazing. Technology is just incredible. And someone, a few people, and I, I have sympathy with this question about why is it that not only can people wait 30 days to open a return case on eBay, when they do, they get another 30 days. And I think that's working days, so that's whatever it is, six weeks, calendar-wise, or longer if there's holidays, uh, to get the item back to you. And they didn't really, in my opinion, have a great answer for that, other than that was just the way they decided to do it. They did say one or two categories, they'd really cut it down a lot. But those are things that, you know, like, I don't know, gold ingots or something that have a, a incredibly <laughs> volatile price and you don't want to oh, have yeah. a long return window because people just wait for the price to go up and or down or whatever it is and then send them back if the price hasn't moved in their favor. Yeah, and trading cards is three days, is mm -hmm. that right? I think so, yeah. yeah that was the example, one of the examples they gave. So uh, those were some of the, uh, the questions that came up. Like I said, not really anything earth-shattering. I noticed that uh, your friend Andrea and uh, Jordan, just conspicuous by their absence on these calls, I don't think we've seen them for what, the last two, three calls. <laughs> Whereas at the beginning yeah. they were they were regular attenders, so obviously sellers, there's this whole talking to sellers business has become more of a hassle for them, and uh, they don't want to give us the time of day. <laughs> so fair enough. Maybe I'm being unkind, but uh, it is obvious that they don't they don't log in anymore. Yeah. So anyway, that was the sort of first part of the meeting, and then we had these uh, breakout sessions where there was sort of various strands of activity. Uh, I went to the one that was on the listing tool because there was a lot of uh, questions and certain negativity from people in the chat and Q&A regarding the listing tool. I thought I'd be interested in seeing how the uh, the product team handled that. So we have the some familiar faces, people that are developing the tool, answering mostly, mostly answering questions. I noted down a few things they said that you might find useful. Apparently, the opt-out link to go back from the new tool to the old tool is very shortly going to be going away. So in the future, once you say, I'd like to see the new tool, you ain't going back. So if you have a very busy account and you just want to test it, I would not be testing it on a busy account. I'd maybe try a secondary account just to see how you like it. Yeah. Um, now, Sherry, you pointed out the shipping section is, keep, is being redesigned and they confirm they're working on uh, significant changes to that. I think we've, we've seen that. But we need more because... Uh I don't, you probably don't want to run down now, but there's still some things that are uh, snags that are making it difficult mm. in the shipping area. I think they'd say that's work in progress and they, they read all the feedback that we send in and they're doing their yeah. best. Um, so they've said that they are trying to have this one size fits all tool customizable where you can opt in to different sort of sections of the screen. If you don't do something or other, then you don't have to look at that part of the screen. We just leave that off for you. And you can toggle in and out to different sections of the, the process, which makes sense. Um, so that's probably a sensible way of doing it. They, they mentioned, and this is not specifically the tool, but if you create a draft 
uh, of a listing, apparently the clock starts running when you create the draft and that draft gets deleted 75 days later, regardless of whether you've worked on it in the meantime. Did you say 75 days? 75 days oh, is the yeah. magic number. From creation, not from most recent edit. That was what they said. So I know people complain that they think that drafts is there forever. Um, no. They oh, it's take, not. I down. know that it's not because I've uh, created some drafts and then apparently uh, it takes so long before I get back to that specific item I've noticed when they fall off. So that's a, a word to the wise. Um, people were talking about videos. They said, according to their metrics, uh, over 99% of videos, they say, are getting the approval and being posted to the site within 48 hours. There was some difference of opinion from some folks on the Q&A, but maybe they're in the 0.05 or whatever that don't. Um, so maybe it's a case of the messaging, if there's a glitch or a delay with the, with the video approval that people aren't getting or not paying attention to. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a video person. so um, I'm liking the video. I mean, I, I use it very rarely, mm -hmm. but I've got a classic car listed. So mm -hmm. I had the car running and yep. was able to just go all the way around it with the video. Cool. They could hear it running. Mm -hmm. Also, I was selling a tent that my brother was going to throw away <laughs> and that people are selling for like 80 bucks on eBay. But um, there's the problem. It's a total waste of time to build it. Well, not if I have my nieces and nephews do it. So I, I took a video of them putting mm -hmm. it together. It was so cute. And it actually made it, you know, got approved. Oh, good. Okay. Were they... That's interesting because... If they're identifiable, when you see faces, I would have thought they might say, "Where's the model releases from from the people involved?" But you didn't. I'm run gonna. Into ha that? I'll have to look. You know yeah. what? Uh, I'll have to go and look and see. That's interesting. Okay. If um, they were in the frame or not, you know, other than their arms. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I would have thought that'd be one of the things they would be. Um, Checking I'm going to check on that and get mm. back to you. All right, that's your homework. Uh, and they mentioned something else, again, not specific to the the flow, but I know I've run into this one. And it's to do with seller-initiated offers for multiple quantity items. So if you send an offer to someone who's looking at an item and you, you initiate the offer and there's multiple quantity, the only option available is for the recipient of the offer to buy one of those items. They cannot say, that's a great price, I'll buy 10. The only option is to buy sure? one. Absolutely. I've, I've found that as a buyer. Oh, I've, I've seen a question for, as a seller mm -hmm. sending an offer, and it asked me how what quantity do I want to send the offer for on that? Maybe that's a different flow. I don't know, because I've encountered that as a buyer. Maybe now, they're only because there's two offers. There's, one quantity. Because there's two ways you can do an offer. You can do it just as the, the listing or in response to a message right so That's maybe right. one is one is different from the other okay yeah i don't know which one that was i think when you send out to all watchers i think that's the one where you can only they only get the option of buying one because i've done that and i've had to email okay. the seller said look i would buy all of them if you you know can fix that up for me um and I want to. Uh, it's frustrating that I can only buy one. And then, of course, the problem is that you've then got two orders, one for one and one for six or something, and, of course, the shipping <laughs> is not as cheap as if you bought seven. <sighs> they should manually uh, fix that or give you a I know, a but still, it's, something, it's just one of those things that is a hassle. Yes. 
Anyway, so the, the bits and bobs that came out of that, I, I thought the team accounted for themselves pretty well. They were really struggling with the whole baby thing on their side because I don't think they could actually see the chat where all these questions were coming in. So they were having a oh, third shoot. party, I think, relay the chat onto Slack, which is their internal messaging system. So they were reading off that. The compare for that session was uh, Valerie Yi, who is a name that pops up from time to time. Um, she's was and, and would still be, I think, Harry Temkin's chief of staff. So every time Harry Temkin did a presentation, you'd see little Valerie in the corner ah. furiously typing away on a laptop, <laughs> keeping up with everything and, you know, corralling all the crazy sellers. And she was the compare for this. And she was excellent. I mean, she was just truly excellent. Not only did she manage to cope with all this stuff, having to work four different screens because all the systems weren't <laughs> talking to each other, and she was trying to deal with comments coming back from development teams and what to say, what not to say, and who to bridge this to and things. But she came across as very relatable. And maybe she's just learned from watching Harry do this. Harry was has the master of this thing. He would talk to sellers like you were real people that he actually cared about and you weren't yeah. like lepers that should be ignored or not told anything internal or anything at all like that. So she gave some opinions and she said, well, they can't do that because there's lots of reasons for things. Or yes, we understand that. We totally understand that. I sell. I know that. We know about that. It's just not on the list for this, this release or whatever. So she was very upfront. Uh, she was totally honest, um, you know, expressed opinions when that was the right thing to do, uh, was very empathetic towards sellers, was just very clear handle the technology had a total grasp of all the developments if someone from the team used the wrong inter used the internal name for something which we, we didn't understand because they rename it when it comes to us she picked them up on that uh so that was good and i you know think that maybe that's something that they should get her to do more of i thought she was very very good that's great so um because it, it's not and we've talked about this before. I mean, they're all incredibly bright people, and they, they know that product totally inside out, forwards and backwards. But sometimes they're just not good at viewing it from the point of view of the seller or explaining it in terms that sellers can relate to or understand. I mean, she has that ability. Um, so, I, I you know, maybe next time, Sherry, you're roaming around San Jose head office yeah. and you are better connected there than me, certainly. Should that ever arise, <laughs> maybe you uh, yes. can have a word and provide some feedback in the right ear from uh, from the seller community, or at least us, that we, we enjoyed seeing her do that. And, and they should put her up more often because she was uh, a really good choice. And, I, and I, I think it's because she's seen how well that Harry Temkin did it and, and maybe picked up a few pointers from that. I'm sure she was uh, competent before, but uh, that's passed down the, the chain a bit. And I think that's been a valuable learning point for them. That's great. You know, when I um, work in my first job when I was 18, I went to work for a woman who owned her own headhunting business. Mm -hmm. And I was in college at the time, but she wanted me to be her admin assistant. And I kind of looked down on that. And she's like, that's how you mm -hmm. learn how to do everything and mm -hmm. run the business. And so I did do that job. I was her right hand man. Mm -hmm. And basically you're doing everything they're doing you're helping them do next to them so i that is a great position it's um, funny you should say i remember everything. seeing i like to sometimes look at the job adverts that ebay's recruiting gives you some idea of kind of where it's going i remember that that came, the chief of staff to the head of product i think it was came up and i thought 
that would be if you were, if you were an eBay insider uh, with a good history with the company, that would be a phenomenal job. I mean, really difficult because obviously you've got to grasp the technology, but you have to have a completely encyclopedic knowledge of the organization and who does what and who to go to for stuff. You have to have incredible discretion because you're going to be dealing with lots of staff issues and you need to be able to get advice up from the working level people and pass it up the chain anonymously and they have to have confidence that you're not going to throw them under the bus. Mm -hmm. And maybe you have to give people advice downwards of what they're asking for isn't going to happen and maybe what the approach they're taking is pissing somebody off and it's not going to work and all that sort of stuff. And it's a very, it looks, it reads like a gopher's job, but actually it's very, very complicated and very complex. And what's the and title? I think it's chief of staff. I think the senior oh, vice okay, presidents have it. a chief of staff. And I think that, as you say, effectively, when they're in the air or otherwise unavailable, they delegate a lot of the actual decision making and stuff to those people, and they can send out messages from their email effectively, and yeah, as if they were them, and they trust them completely not to mess that up or to make bad judgments. Yeah. Um, so I mean, good for her. I mean, that's that's uh, that, that's you know, I think she's doing a good job, and it's not an easy role to fulfill. Yeah. I have to tell you, I have results already about the video. Um, I have verified that it is up. I, mm -hmm. I thought maybe I imagined it. Um, and it does show all of them <laughs> and their adorable faces. Oh, okay. All right. Well, there you are. Yeah. That's just me being super, super cautious as ever. Okay, yeah. let's pick up uh, and talk about uh, what's happening with eBay Open uh, after we do this. Oh, I pressed the wrong button. That's fine. There we go. That's the one. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work. www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online Selling on eBay Radio Show, talking now about uh, eBay Open. Sherry, did we learn any new points about what's happening in this year's uh, this year's um, event? Well, I know that you can log in now. I don't know if this is new news and kind of make your agenda mm. and uh, set up what you want to attend and uh, browse around. Um, and also, uh, the local seller events... Uh, so those three main events, those are all sold out. They, they sold, sold out, out the I think, day. within 24 hours. Yeah, they were very popular. Yeah, They're not huge, I don't think, but uh, yeah. So, uh, and then they have networking rooms. Uh, what's that? Yeah, they did reveal how they were planning to handle the networking rooms on the call on the 4th. I think the f networking rooms on the first day are about geography. So that's about hooking up with people that uh, are in your immediate area if you want to form a group or find out what groups are going on in your area. And then there's a networking session both on day two and day, day three, and then those look to be topic-based. So they're not coming geography competing with topics, which I think is good. And I know I've written to them saying I think that's that doesn't work. So they've obviously listened to that, if assuming that they read my stuff. Unlikely. Um, uh, so that's interesting. Um, what else did I have on my list here? Um, so, yes, they announced the fact that there will be, I think they're calling it a sneak peek uh, call on the 8th of September. So that's the, what, the thing of the 21st it starts, so the 8th is before that. 
And that's, uh, I think, to try and you know, drive some excitement and uh, encourage people to plan the use of their time and to hype the event a little bit, perhaps get a bit more detail from some of the people presenting. So maybe they'll ask you, Sherry, to um, give us a quick preview of what you'll be talking about, which you'll know about at the time because, of course, it'll be in the can and edited. Or at least you, you won't have seen the edit, probably, but you will know broadly, <laughs> broadly what you said. <laughs> yes, yes, I'll know. I can speak to what it's about. So they might have uh, folks like you doing that. Um, and this is where I get my very small speaking part, I think, because um, there are, I believe, three sellers, probably in a very, very short segment, talking about what we are looking forward to experiencing at the event. I'm guessing a little bit because they haven't shared the detail with it. Um, and I, I, the only reason I'm not saying this is 100% is because I know I'm on a driving vacation around the Highlands of Scotland for the entire week before this particular event on the 8th. Oh, and if gosh. there's any kind of meetings to prep for this uh, in that week, I, I doubt I'm going to have cell phone coverage. Plus, I'm going to be eight hours ahead time zone wise from them. So I might end up getting ditched, I think, when I become awkward <laughs> about Aww. attending meetings. But for now, in theory, I am on the agenda to uh, to be a talking head. Um I'm not quite sure what I'm going to say. I know what I would say if I had a completely free hand, but I'm sure there'll be a, a friendly discussion about the talking points that one should cover and maybe things will be added and subtracted that as part of the to and fro you have to accept in this sort of situation. Okay, and that's September 8th. September 8th is the sneak preview. As we said earlier, they have, I think, uh, Ditched Bevy as the platform for this particular event. There's a new one. They didn't say uh, who, who they were going to use, but apparently there's more functionality, so um, that would be good. One of the things I noticed actually hosting the networking room uh, on the 4th was that it is really hard to do a screen share, I think, in those networking rooms because I was – talking about photography i thought oh great well i'll i'll share an editor package because uh, the people might send in images that we can then sort of as a class make some changes to and show you how i would approach it and it's it's very hard to do i have to sort of pick a fake camera um and then select that as my webcam and stuff and it would have been very very complicated oh, hopefully oh, wow. the new platform might allow you to do a screen share in the networking rooms who knows be that nice. would be that would be nice, but you never know. Um, what else? So that's, that's basically it. Uh, it looks to be a good event. I think a lot of interest so far. They keep plugging the fact that you'll get swag by the mail in the mail if you uh, subscribe. So if that's your thing, <laughs> it's just to get some free stuff. That's right. Not desperate and, exciting. Um, let's not forget about my ARG. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Sherry's uh, apparently uh, now signed up as a fully-fledged pirate, right? Yeah, I've been motivated. I was motivated this week because I was trying to ship literally a $15 sold item. Uh, someone had a P.O. box. It weighed a lot, and I needed to ship it UPS ground, which is what I offered in the listing. Mm-hmm. She gave me an address, and every time I tried to print the label, it said something went wrong. Hmm. And I did call eBay on the next day um, when the error message was still coming up. She couldn't figure it out. She gave me some ideas. Nothing worked. Hmm. I tried Pirate Ship, and Pirate Ship wouldn't let me edit her ship to address. And then I didn't... Um, Anyway, that is a, a feature, so we say, of pirate ship that it it pulls the address from eBay, which is nice, but it doesn't allow you to tweak it, 
which is no, not so it doesn't. Nice. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you can manually get around it, but it's a pain. So I should, so I, at that point, I was so frustrated. I told her, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have to cancel this sale. <laughs> uh, it's, it's especially aggravating when it's a silly, like $15 item, yeah. but it got me into pirate ship. So now I'll have to try it out for some other mm-hmm. things. Well, we keep uh, plugging pirate ship. There's no reason other than it's a good, <laughs> it's a good option. It's nice to have, it doesn't cost anything to subscribe and it does give you a way of getting a label out. I, don't know, I think someone's at the door. <laughs> it gets a, it's a way of getting a label out. Uh, if all else, the eBay systems fail, you can manually produce one on uh, pirate ship. So that's helpful as well. All right. Well, that's about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. A couple of uh, things for your diary. If you haven't yet applied, Sherry, for the uh, eBay Open event, uh, you can still do that. Costs you zero. Just check it out, ebayopen.com. And uh, our friends Vicky and Katie are still taking, as far as I know, uh, reservations to join the Boss Reseller Remix. That's uh, in Las Vegas in October. We're going to be there. That's right. We've paid our money. And uh, we'll maybe uh, do some recording of them. We get some uh, guest segments together while we're there. Anyway, that's it. Party in Las Vegas. Thank you so much. We will uh, see you next week. Philip Jackson saying thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Have a great week.